I'm Robin Kelly. I'm a partner with AAFCPAs. I'm the implementation specialist in our managed accounting solutions division, helping clients make their processes more efficient using automation. I am Joyce Ripianzi. I am a partner at the firm and I work in the managed accounting solutions division, specializing in nonprofit industry. Good morning. I'm Robin Leet. I'm a manager with our business process and IT advisory team here at AAF. Today we're going to be talking about our approach and experiences in working with our clients to develop changes within their organizations and how we've worked to make those changes successful. Now more than ever, it's important to embrace change in your organization to stay successful. Technologies are constantly changing, regulations are constantly changing, the costs of employees are constantly increasing, and you need to make changes in order to create efficiencies within your organizations. So let's start by looking at some of the pain points that we hear that instigate change within organizations. We're hearing these topics on a very frequent basis. The process that we have instituted takes way too long, and it doesn't really get us to where we need to be in the end. We're manually inputting the same information into multiple systems. Our financial department still has a lot of paper. We solve that problem by using Excel. We can't efficiently manage to these new reporting requirements that are coming out. I have difficulty accessing data and getting the required reporting that I need. We're often dealing with new team members that come in from a sophisticated finance environment and now they're at a smaller nonprofit and they're not quite sure where to start to implement the changes to become more sophisticated. So other pain points we hear, we have concerns about our control procedures for fraud. You know, a lot of organizations are small and it's hard to do proper segregations and really help prevent against fraud without automating. Services and programs have changed. We implemented a new client recently whose chart of accounts was 1,500 items. And they're like, we can't even find things in there. So when we changed their chart of accounts and upgraded everything, it was down to about 100. So it can make a huge difference. They had lots of old programs they didn't need the codes for anymore. They have multiple disparate data systems. So you have a receivable system that's not part of your general ledger or some sort of statistical tracking that's not part, et cetera. And you're pulling those all together in those Excel spreadsheets that Joyce mentioned. Lots of the systems are old and unable to support any process changes. You've kind of either maxed it out or maxed it out for what you use. We're not fully utilizing our systems. I've seen this over and over again, that people have said, I need all of this, and then they come in and they're not using it. They're just using a small basic debits and credits function in the general ledger. We're considering a new IT system. So a lot of folks do want to do this, but when you look at it, you think, oh, it's this huge task to do, and it could be. And then they're embarrassed to explain the process to like a new CFO who again maybe comes from a newer system and new software. I think everyone can identify with some of these pain points, if not all of them. So what do you do? Where do you go from here? How do you start to make a change in your organization to help? We have a process that we follow that really helps come at it with a systematic approach. It's a four-step process. We'll look at the four steps real quickly and then we'll dive down a little bit deeper. So the first one is a business process assessment. We're looking at where we're at right now. And then we go do a gap analysis. Where do we want to be? And then obviously step three is gonna be how to close that gap. 
how do we get from where we are to where we want to be? And then step four will be implementing those changes in order to get there. So step one, our business process assessment. The concept is basically to look at all of your processes and go through them with everyone involved in the process and go from beginning to end. So how does information get into the system? How is it used in the system? And how does it come out of the system? And involve everybody from beginning to end so that everyone can see the full process and understand where they are in the process. And look at all of your processes at once. You'd be surprised how one process relies on another to be successful. And one of the big points of this process is to take the time to look at what you're doing. It's really hard day to day to stop and think about what you do because you have to get it done. So it's really important to make a change to stop and say, where are we, what are we doing, and how can we make it better? And really actually think about what you're doing every day instead of just going about it because that's what you've always done. And this really shows something from management as well when management takes the time apart from the busy day to say, hey, I want to make your lives better. I want to hear what you do. I want to hear your concerns about your job, and I want to make it better. So from there, you can identify the pain points. Where were people complaining about duplicative work? Where were their Excel sheets? Where weren't their Excel sheets? Where was the system used, or where wasn't it used? Where are the risks? Excel is a huge risk in an organization. It means manual manipulation of data, which is a huge red flag for an auditor, because we don't know where it's coming from. Information gaps. A lot of times there's information going in. We don't know what happens to it, and nobody can get the right information out. So where are these problems? So then you can think about how to solve them. Process issues, there are some things that can be solved just by talking about it and having everyone in the room say, well, I'm inputting this information, why are you not seeing that? And there's a, just a process problem. People issues, as companies grow, sometimes there aren't enough people in the organization doing a process, or sometimes the wrong person is in that role where there's too much work, there's too much going on, and you need a different person there. Or the big one, system issues. Technology is very quickly advancing and miraculous things can happen out of system these days where before it was people that had to do it. Now you can get this information out of a system. And to stay current, you need a current system. So when you look at all of these things that need to be fixed, where do you lie? Is it really a system issue? Are all of your issues and your gaps based on a system problem? Or can you make some fixes that are smaller changes that can really help your organization be more efficient. So after you figure out what you need to do, you obviously need to prioritize. Think about the greatest bang for your buck. What sort of changes can you make that will help the most people across the board uh, be the most efficient and give you the greatest buy-in? Once people can see that changes aren't that scary and they can get on board and be up for more changes in the organization to make you that much more efficient. Uh, obviously, budget is a big priority item. Not everybody can afford a big, new, fancy system. But a lot of times, there are process improvements that you can do that would really help and are free. So once you've prioritized these, you can start to schedule them and come up with a map of how to approach these improvements for your organization. We always recommend to do tests, no matter how big or small the change. Make sure that you test it before it goes into action. If you don't test it and you don't think about something that's going to happen, it could be a failure. and then it's really hard to get buy-in after a big failure of a change. And then finalize that change, implement it, and document. Policies and procedures. I know that's a big thing. <laughs> Not a lot of people uh, keep up with those because it's one of those things that you do when you have spare time, which you never have. 
but it's really important to document changes that are made so people know what to do and what to expect. And then we always recommend to set a review schedule for the future. A change is not necessarily one thing and you're done. There's typically a number of changes to be made. So once you make one, it's really hard to get everybody back together to do the next change. So stay on course, finish your plan, and always revisit what you've done and make sure it's being successful. So we work with a client to look at their time tracking process. Their employees put their time towards programs and at the end of the month you have to allocate all the time from the employee cost into the programs. So we walked through the process with them and we came up with a diagram for them to show what they do. We separated out into three tasks and then subtasks. And all of the red items were done manually. This was all done in Excel outside the system, done by hand. So immediately the client can see, wow, we're at risk here. Most of our information is done manually and we need to make a change. Our system is not supporting us. And so we need to look at some other process that's in a different system that will allow us to be more efficient and less risky by keeping all that information within the system so it's not manipulated by hand. So let's look at some of the statistics that we found when looking at the general population of the accounting industry. 79% of companies have not integrated their accounting software with an accounts receivable invoicing or an accounts payable processing system. And about 75% haven't even planned to do this in the next 24 months. So in the next two years, there's a lot of people who are talking about this, but 75% aren't really, don't have that in their plan. And 27% have no plans to implement an end-to-end -end accounts payable processing automation system. So we're going to walk you through a case study. And this is a recent client that we started working with. And as we walk through the case study, it'd be interesting to see if you can resonate with any of the issues that this particular client had. So it was a medium nonprofit organization, so not too small, not too large. The finance department consisted of a CFO and a bookkeeper clerical type individual. Their accounting system was QuickBooks desktop, but they had no ability to access it remotely, so anyone who did accounting had to go to the office to perform an accounting function. They were still using a manual vendor payment system. And what I mean by that is the invoices were still coming in the mail. They were still running checks, sticking them in, signing them, sticking them in envelopes, putting a postage stamp on them, and, and putting them in the mail. They were using Excel to track all of their grant expenditures, so they were able to do the month-end reporting to the grant, grantors. They had a manual payroll data entry system, so the expense reimbursements were still manual and they were still submitting paper receipts and putting everything into the system from a manual standpoint. All of their backup documentations for the auditor were still in paper, and there was no integration of online banking feeds or credit card feeds into the general ledger system, and they really had an ineffective revenue recognition tracking system whereby they had all of their revenue contracts or multiple deliverables with 700 participants in an Excel spreadsheet where they're actually calculating their monthly deferred revenue and making an entry from that spreadsheet. And one thing that Joyce didn't mention is to pay bills, they had an out-of-state CEO, so they had to mail all the support and checks to that person and then mail it back, usually FedEx. FedEx. Yeah. <laughs> and so they were incurring all those costs as well. 
consider moving to a cloud-based general ledger system. A lot of people are afraid of it because of backup, but actually when we go into places and ask about backups, they're not backing up as much as they should. It's not a regular thing. So this helps do an automated backup because it's in the cloud. The backup's restored for very long periods of time, and it can be accessed from anywhere. So it helps when you have such a remote workforce, like we have nowadays more and more people working remote, very easy for them to get into the system. Everybody's working in the same place. Chart of accounts, look at using dimensions that may be in the existing software you have to make things a little easier, or sometimes simple upgrades to some simple systems, not necessarily for the large clients that can be more complicated, but a lot of people can make some pretty easy changes change that chart of accounts and make it really work for you now. Fully utilize software reporting features as well as apps that are out there. Once you're in the cloud, there's so many apps you can use to help track data, track donors, track whatever you need to track, add statistics, et cetera. There's lots of dashboard and reporting apps out there that can help you pull all of these pieces together and even help you consolidate if you have multiple entities in their own you know, general ledgers, but maybe you don't have a consolidation feature. These apps can help do that. Utilize a cloud-based storage document vendor. This actually is built into a lot of the cloud based systems. One, you can attach supporting documents to transactions, usually in the more modern systems. If you're using an electronic payment system, you're scanning in the bills to start the process, so they're already scanned in. You don't have to keep them, and you know they can technically be immediately destroyed. More commonly, people keep them for until they're through their audit, and then they destroy them. So in addition, once you start to automate your process, you have the ability to link your investment statements, your bank account statements, your credit card statements, PayPal, or any other third-party vendor, you can create a system in which you can automate all of that data into your general ledger system. We do get the concern sometimes, people are like, well, I don't want that information being dumped directly into my general ledger system. Most of this is set up to have a place for holding, so where you can review the data, you can code the data before you upload it into the system live. We recommend to our clients that they use tracking systems that allow for the expenses to be captured right from the cell phone. So we're constantly hearing people tell us that they're chasing the receipts of the higher-ups in the organization that don't pass in their receipts in a timely manner. So it creates this problem of trying to record transactions in a timely manner. There are a lot of solutions that can get right to the end user when they're incurring the expense so they can upload the data in real time. Implementing the electronic bill payment system, again, that end-to-end -end system that allows you to take all of the paper process out and basically do what we do, many of us do online personally now, is online banking. Let's do online banking through the company as well and through the nonprofit organization. The timesheet is always a reoccurring problem, so we recommend that you look at your payroll system. A lot of you are probably using a payroll processor that has additional features that you haven't even thought to expand into, where you can take that timesheet and make it an electronic process so that you're not keying in any data at all. You can also use that same general ledger system to integrate your payroll into your general ledger without having to move the data manually as well as you can use that system if you really get good at it. It will do all of your allocations for you and help you deliver that journal entry that you need to charge all of your programs and all of your grants. 
So how does this create efficiencies? Uh, the most number one efficiency that we see is that you free up time that's spent on manual entries and chasing paperwork. And the electronic filing, as I mentioned before, it helps free up space. So scanning documents in, scanning corporate documents in, so that they're preserved and backed up automatically for you. It definitely facilitates easy access to information. And it speeds up and reduces the cost of destroying old records. You know, there's, I can remember audit clients that would be like, oh, finally the audit's done. Now we can pack up all of our, our records and send them off to be scanned and then bring them, you know, destroy them, et cetera. Well, the flaw with that is that you only can test like every so many records to see if it really scanned in well. Whereas when you're scanning it in as part of the process and it's the beginning of the process, you already know because you can't easily code it if you can't read it. So this efficiency not only makes it readily accessible, but it allows you to share the data. So when your auditor wants to look at a selection of invoices, you no longer have to go pull all of those invoices. You can simply give them read-only access to the database, and they can go find the invoices themselves, because it's usually set up with file folders within the system for vendors, and it's usually searchable. And obviously, you can reduce time on allocations if you use the timesheet example and have an, a timesheet that captures everything. That's one of the biggest allocations we see that a lot of people still have in a spreadsheet, and it's very time consuming to do. But the end goal for all of us is to have a better and faster month-end close, and a lot of the solutions that are implemented will help you get there. So small changes can make a big impact, and I think this is one of the key things we wanted to get across today, because it doesn't have to be everything at once. You can use the nibble, bite, gulp type of theory and just pick on one thing to make it simpler. Obviously, if you have an older system, it can be a little harder. Scanning in uh, deposit support to attach to the general ledger one, you don't have to keep that paper anymore. Two, it makes it easy if you have a question, especially with a drill down general ledger, you can see the attachment right there when you think, what, what's that? Well, you know, what was that? And it's easier for your auditors too. You don't have to pull as many documents. Expense capture software and apps are, you know, really great systems. And with a younger workforce out in the field, especially, they like using their phones to be able to do these things, so it really helps get those receipts in faster. Electronic bill payment software, we've listed a couple here. These are fantastic, and if you really just follow through the system, it really helps paper movement and bill payment movement through the system, as well as it can really help you segregate duties. Electronic time tracking we've talked about with you know built-in and ideally syncing automatically over to your general ledger. Syncing all financial institutions we talked about just to save an entry. Enhance the chart of accounts to track grants activity or any other specific tracking you need to do. And then integrate the uh, budget into the general ledger. I can still tell you there's tons of accounts we start working with that don't have this. And it seems pretty basic, but they haven't put that that budget in place. So a lot of time-saving things here that are actually quite slick. So whether your change is big or small, the way that you manage and approach the change, you can make it successful. So use the approach that we discussed. Take the time to plan the change before you actually go about the change, and that will make it more successful. Take the time to talk about changes with your employees. Get management involved. That tone at the top is really important to have management portray that they want to make a change. They're investing time, energy, 
and everything into making this change for the organization to make employees' lives better. So take the time to discuss it and listen to employees about their concerns. Changes can be scary, and if employees don't have that voice to say, I'm concerned about my job, they're not going to be on board with the change. And if management can say to them, it's going to be okay, here's what we're going to do, here's how your life is going to change, things will be much more successful. We found that organizations that have champions within them are much more successful as well. These are your influencers. Not all influencers are in management. So find the influencers in your organization, win them over, and they'll help you do some of the dirty work of winning everybody else over. And finally, it takes time, patience, and perseverance. Changes are not going to happen overnight. They may not even happen the first time. But if you plan it correctly, get everyone on board, you can do it eventually, <laughs> and you can make a big impact on your organization. Even these small little changes can do, do wonders for employees on their day-to-day -day work.